Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we're going to be moving into a new book of the Bible, and if you've been with us, you know we've been studying verse by verse through the New Testament, and we've gone all the way now into the book of 1 John. And today we're going to start there in 1 John chapter number 1. So we've gone through most of the New Testament, and now we're getting into this first general epistle written by the Apostle John. I'll give you a little bit of Uh, uh, foundational information, and then we'll get into a verse or two of this epistle today. Now, if you're listening and you have missed these past studies, then you can catch up by going to wherever it is that you get your podcast and type in Striving for Revival there. You'll find all of these past studies are archived and available via the podcast, and it doesn't cost a thing, and that way you can listen, and you can catch up, and you can go back and re-listen if you like, and you don't have to uh, you don't have to worry, say, well, I wasn't able to listen yesterday. Well, then go back and listen to it today. Just do it through the podcast, and you can find us on uh, Spotify or Apple or wherever it is that you get your podcast. So today, 1 John, and we'll be in chapter number 1. Now, the first epistle of John, was written, of course, by the Apostle John. It's accepted that it was written around A.D. 90. He's writing to his little children. So little children. More than likely, these are those who are young in the faith. John had maybe uh, won them to Christ. He'd ministered to them sometime prior to his writing of this letter, and John saw them as a spiritual father looking down upon his spiritual children. He cared for them, he loved them, and he was nourishing them up in the Word of God. The theme of the ch- of the book is in John chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, with the crux of his message, and the verse says that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So John, throughout this epistle, sets forth all these different ways whereby you may know that you're saved. So that's a key to this book of the Bible. It's a no-so salvation, and the Bible gives us ways to know, confidence how to know, shows us uh, different uh, things we can look at that declare to us that we're saved. I'm glad we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to wonder about it. We don't have to wish for it. We can know based on the Word of God that we are saved. Saved. And once you're saved, you're saved eternally. You're secure in Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, and you may know, you may know that you're saved. Several uh, of the key words found throughout the epistle are uh, the word light, love, and life, and even the word word. The apostle deals with the fellowship of the believer with the Father, and that we ought not have fellowship with this world. Intermingled throughout the epistle, there are rich veins of truth that pertain to prayer, uh, topics like Christ's return, he warns against apost- apostasy, and he defines for us the deity 
of Jesus Christ. So we'll get into this epistle. It's not a real long book, but it's a packed book of the Bible. So the apostle in chapter number one begins his epistle dealing with fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. He then will touch upon how sin can ruin your fellowship. It does not destroy your relationship. God is ever your father. You're always his child if you're saved, but it can disrupt your fellowship with God. The end of the chapter deals uh, with the confession of sin, the restoration of fellowship that comes through prayer, 1 John 1, 9. We'll talk about those verses later in these uh, coming broadcasts. Let's begin reading here in verse number 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifest, manifested, excuse me, manifested unto us. John begins this letter, and he says, that which was from the beginning. The beginning here that is mentioned, it could refer to the beginning of creation, like you find in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created but also I believe it could be referring to the beginning of Christ's ministry because the that that John is writing of is the Lord Jesus Christ. He looked upon the Lord. He was able to touch the Lord, and here he's described as the word of life. The that which was from the beginning is Jesus. John goes on to describe that he heard him, and he did. He heard him preach. He heard him pray. He heard him speak like never a man spoke. He heard him. He handled, he saw him. He laid eyes on him. He saw the Lord, and he handled him. So he heard him. He saw him. He handled him. He touched him. So John notes for the record that he and those other apostles, his colleagues, heard, saw, and touched the word of life. Now, this is a beautiful name for the Lord. He's the word of God. He's the word of life. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right, so he's referring to the Lord here, and he embellishes upon the concept. He says he's the Word of life. It harkens us back to John 1, 4, and also John 14 and verse number 6. If you want to take your Bible, we can look at those verses here. John chapter 1. If you're able to turn in your Bible, John chapter number 1, and then we have verse number uh, verse number 4. All right, let me pull it up here quickly. John chapter 1, verse number 4 says, uh, let me see, what I got the wrong chapter. I got John chapter 4 and verse number 1. John chapter number 1 and verse number 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So here John refers to Christ as being the life. He says here in our uh, our book of the Bible, he's the word of life in 1 John chapter number 1. John 14, verse number 6 continues there, and let's get there. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. John 14, all right, verse number 6. Jesus saith to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So clearly here, John is referring to Jesus. He says, Jesus, he said, from the beginning, from the beginning of his earthly ministry, we've seen him, we've heard him, we've touched him, and here's who he is. He is the word of life. He's the giver of life, the sustainer of life, the source of life, and that eternal. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Verse number two says, for the life was manifested, and we've seen it, and bear witness 
and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So the apostle goes on. He's alluding to the incarnation of our Lord. His life was manifested. God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, born of a virgin. He didn't begin in Bethlehem, but he was manifested to this world and uh, uh, as Jesus, the only begotten Son of God in Bethlehem. The mortal eye was laying hold on the very uh, uh, person of God there in Jesus Christ. His life was manifested. He displayed it. He made it known. And John said, I saw it, and I bear witness of it. All right, so John's writing from personal experience. He says, Jesus is that life. His life was manifested. And he said, I'm, he's building a case basically for these babes in Christ that Jesus is God and Jesus uh, was manifest in the flesh. The Messiah, he came, was born in Bethlehem. And he said, I'm an eyewitness. I heard him with my ears. I touched him with my hands. He said, I know Jesus is not only life, he's eternal life. He uh, was with the Father and was subsequently manifested to me as an apostle. The greater point John is making is he and the other disciples were eyewitnesses to that which they bore witness. They weren't just preaching about something they heard. They weren't just preaching about something they got uh, from some textbook. They were telling firsthand accounts of what they saw. When John preached on uh, the uh, woman in Samaria, he didn't have to uh, take somebody else's word for it. He was there. John didn't have to take somebody else's word for it. When Lazarus rose from the dead, he was there. Whenever John said, uh, uh, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, he didn't have to take somebody else's word for it. He saw Jesus uh, uh, save sinners, and he watched as Jesus uh, healed those that were lame. He was preaching things that he was there when it happened, so I guess you ought to know he was an eyewitness. He and the others had personally witnessed and experienced the eternal life manifested in Jesus Christ. So John is laying a basis here. He's giving us a foundation from which to write the rest of his letter by giving himself a little bit of qualification to preach and teach and minister to these people. He had seen the Lord. He had heard the Lord. He had touched the Lord. He wasn't just hearsay or secondhand knowledge. He had been with God. And by the way, we only have a few seconds left to close out. That'll impress people more than anything else. That'll influence people more than anything else. Not hearsay or secondhand, but you leave the presence of God and go to them. You personally have a walk with God. You say, I'm not just telling you things I think. I'm telling you what I know from experience. Jesus saves. Jesus uh, supplies. He'll answer prayer. He'll give you power. Why? I know it because I've experienced it in my own life. We're going to get into this letter and this, this epistle written by John. So join us next broadcast as we go deeper into chapter number one. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.